0: Okay, Uh, John Duke, Anthony, uh, founding president and uh, CEO of the National Council on U.S. Arab Relations. And in a very heartfelt way, um, I'm in this field now. This is my 59th year, uh, as it were, in a university from which there's no possible graduation. Um, Only on the best of days do I get an incomplete. And I would dare to say that pretty much describes the situation with so many others, and not least those who are dealing with the humanistic, heartrending, tragic, and trauma-induced issues pertaining to refugees and people who are the victims of trauma and tragedy uh, through no fault of their own. Um, I was uh, present at the uh, creation of ANERA uh, with Dr. John Davis, and I met his representative in in, uh, the Gaza Strip in uh, July and August of 1963. And two others uh, in a 10-person delegation I was with on an international cultural exchange program, then known as the Experiment in International Living, ended up having our careers all uh seared scarred by what we experienced uh then uh, in an era we uh, visited uh, half a dozen camps and uh we were briefed every day by the united nations Truce and supervisory organization known as unso <coughs> team um and, and they were danes and norwegians and swedes Uh, which surprised us because our program had been in Egypt, uh, all with with Arabs and and Muslims, and these were neither of of the two. Uh, The commanding uh, uh, general was from India, the subcontinent of of India. And uh, as we had our daily briefings, which were about a half an hour, 45 minutes, with questions and answers, It turned our heads around and uh, left us uh, mentally, intellectually upside down and inside out, because all of us, without exception, and and different degrees and variations, had been, for lack of a better word, brainwashed or indoctrinated with only one side of the uh, Arab-Israeli conflict and the Israeli-Palestinian component uh, thereof. And so when we heard these uh, people from uh, uh, Finland and uh, Denmark and Norway and, and Sweden and tell us that they had 100% cooperation from the Palestinian Arab Christians and Muslims and close to zero cooperation from the Israelis, and that the violators of the um, overall context and background perspective for the ceasefire and the truce that uh, uh, under Secretary of the United Nations, Ralph Bunch, who received the Nobel Peace Prize uh, had uh, attained, uh, this this startled us and uh, we were not prepared for that. And um, it it went on day after day after day like this. And uh, a typical situation, of The violation of the truce would have been a, a, uh, an emotion wrought Palestinian uh, stealing across uh, double entendre uh, the, the border at night uh, with the cover of darkness to try to find his orchard and bring back uh, oranges or other citrus uh, to his family in the camps. And, and he would have been shot and killed or, or uh, seriously wounded. Uh, in that attempt. So that would have constituted a, a violation, <clears throat> but that would have given you something about the, the moral, the ethical, the complex uh, components of this uh, conflict that persists uh, to this day. <clears throat> Virtually none of us could speak about this um, uh, between and amongst ourselves for more than a week afterwards without our voice breaking and tears uh, welling in our eyes. And uh, in my case, in the case of two others, we vowed that we would devote our lives to doing whatever we could to try to educate, inform, and provide meaningful insight uh, to uh, people who were as blind and ignorant and had been as brainwashed as we were. And and so here we we are, uh, 59 years later, So that that was the context. And then comes the June 67 war and the Israeli invasion uh, of of Egypt. And the um, devastation brought to the Arabs of Eastern Jerusalem and Gaza and the the West Bank. Uh, It began with a a blanket um, campaign with uh, Robert Anton Mertz, Who has been a a vice president of ANERA, and John uh, P. Uh, Richardson, who became its first founding uh, president uh, before uh, Peter Gupsa, going door to door and and asking people, could they contribute a blanket for the uh, oncoming uh, late autumn and winter, where the Palestinians, where there were no uh, comparable camps, such as a subsequent. were were instituted. Uh, So that was was the background. Uh, Imagine if um, thousands of Americans could have had the same kind of experience, or just a fraction of the experience that we had. I have no doubt in my mind how differently informed the American public would be about uh, the, the roots of this conflict Uh, the violators of of, uh, uh, spoken words uh, about uh, uh, being in favor of peace, when the words come so easy, but the actions uh, are so insincere and elusive on the the ground. Um, And there has not been except one, the most recent one, one gala in all of these years of Venera's existence that I have Missed. And that was because of a schedule conflict having to do with two of the people in your um, uh, uh, room at, at, the, at this moment, that evening. But otherwise, I was present and accounted for on all of those occasions. And uh, uh, my, my heart was with you vicariously, if not there with you and, and present. Uh, for a time, I was treasurer of, of Anera and um, uh, enjoyed that uh, uh, position and occupation and the focus and the seriousness of it uh, uh, immensely. Uh, So uh, that's just background, something in the context, something in the perspective. And and that you have existed and persisted all these years is is a marvel and a testament uh, to uh, perseverance and survivability and sustainability, uh, but not by yourselves alone, not by your emotions, not by what drives you ethically and, and morally uh, there or spiritually, uh, aspirationally, but also by the uh, supporters of an era uh, and not least those who from the pharmaceutical uh, industry uh, that year after year would be generous in con- contributing Uh, parts of their uh, products to ease the life and ease the pain and manage the pain of so many uh, people, Palestinians. But then uh, Lebanon was added uh, too, uh, especially after the Israeli invasion of Lebanon in 1982, when the Israelis uh, violated the then-existent nine-month ceasefire uh, and uh, something like uh, 400,000 Lebanese were, were rendered uh, homeless. And during that time, the uh, tragedy of the refugee camp in, uh, in Beirut of Sabres Shatila uh, 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 occurred. Uh, but until now, there, there is a one-sided discussion, almost one hand clapping. And if you look at the legislative branch of the United States, uh, and it, it, one never wants to use the word hopeless or helpless. Um, but there is essentially no other side than the Israeli side uh, with regard to issues pertaining to refugees or the absence of peace or uh, matters pertaining to extremism, militant extremism and the like. So your, your work is cut out for you, has been so from the beginning. And, and, and we are all uh, hearts and ears to uh, work with you however we can uh, to spread the word and to be as supportive as possible. Our mission is educational, um, and, uh, which supplements yours as a humanitarian uh, focus. And we've been pleased and proud to provide an era with an, uh, 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 an intern uh, for years on end and will continue to do so uh, proudly. Uh, by way of uh, background, uh, this is um, just to give you a perspective on how one long-term participant, supporter, uh, laborer in the vineyard, if you will, uh, came uh, to this situation. And if this happened to three out of 10 of us, just imagine uh, what could happen if a existence in Word and its programs its projects, its events, its activities, its personnel, its recipients, its beneficiaries, its stalwart supporters uh, could be multiplied in number. Um, I hope in your deliberations, something of of the sort can be touched on and and recorded, uh, written up in the form of a memorandum so that all of us uh, can benefit. Um, Those are my my introductory remarks, uh, and I'll turn it back to you. I think that probably was five minutes and five seconds.
1: <laughs> I think you. Just about hit the mark. Um, we're gonna hear some. We're gonna hear from the president and CEO, Sean Carroll. Uh, Sean, if you will.
2: Thank you. I just wanted to say hello. Thank you all for being here. John Duke, Dr. Anthony, thank you so much. And if you, I'm glad you mentioned that you uh, you have known Anira since the beginnings. You've been a supporter. You were on the board. You were Treasure, uh, just about everyone you name John Davis and John Richardson and Robert Mertz are still actively involved with uh, Anira. And I, I'm, I'm pleased that you've stayed involved and know exactly where we've come from and where we are now and, and, and been a supporter uh, all along the
0: way. Um, you may you not know. That, uh, that's one word that I could add. I didn't mention the name of Peter Gupsa, Peter right. Anton Gupsa. Peter was a, a founding uh, a treasurer of the National Council on U.S.-Arab Relations and uh, remained so for uh, un- until he passed. You know, Peter never missed a single board meeting, not one. And we had sometimes six board meetings a year. Uh, Peter was always present and accounted for. And his work outside of era with this Washington Institute that links and non-governmental organizations together, where they meet and share uh, information about best practices, he would bring that to us, and including your accounting system, your accrual accounting system. That's ours. Uh, we imported it through Peter and from. Oh, Peter my apologies, from <laughs> 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 No, that's all right. There's a masochistic bone in all of us. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you, thank you. I never uh, never failed to learn uh, in talking with you and hearing from you, so I appreciate it. And just uh, turn over, I'll turn back to uh, Janelle, turn over our Lebanese cause. You may not know just how big Anira has gotten. For the third year in a row, we've delivered more than $100 million in assistance, and actually Lebanon is our largest program. So more than half of that 100 million each year over the past three years is for medical donations uh, to Lebanon and for programs in Lebanon, I'm very pleased that we're going to talk about our programming in Lebanon to hear and you're going to hear uh, from our uh, country director and two other of our leaders from our, our staff. Thank you all for being here.
1: Okay, um, and with that, I'm going to give everyone a chance to give our three wonderful panelists a chance to introduce themselves. And then we can begin the conversation. Some more.
3: Hello, uh, I'm Samar, Samar Elias here. Uh, I'm the country director of Lebanon.
4: Hello everyone, and thank you so much for coming and for giving us the floor to, to tell you more about what, uh, what's happening in Lebanon. So my name is Lama Ghaddar from, uh, and uh, I work as a program manager at ANERA Lebanon.
5: Hello everyone, my name is Lina Ataya. I'm the education program manager at ANERA Lebanon. Um, thank you so much for having us, and I look forward for a very interesting and exciting conversation. <laughs>
6: thank you. It's it's really, a, my name is, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Um, my name is Patrick Mancino. Uh, I work with, uh, for Dr. John Duke-Anthony as Executive Vice President at the National Council on U.S.-Arab Relations, and uh, not a day passes where... Uh, I'm uh, not just inspired but intrigued and um, uh, it's, it's, we're all uh, in the field here and it's great to be with uh, fellow, uh, fellow colleagues and especially those that are on the ground in Lebanon doing, doing, doing the laboring to, to address a situation that uh, the world really needs to, to start paying a little bit closer attention to. Um, the focus of today's event, the title of course is Restoring Hope and crisis responses to the economic collapse in Lebanon. And I I just wanted to take just a moment of personal uh, uh, opportunity here to just focus a little bit, what is the economic collapse in Lebanon? What are we talking about for audiences in the United States and audiences abroad? Well, let's look at some international statistics before we go to the questions for our folks on the ground, just to try to paint uh, an impartial, uh, picture here uh, that you can step back and be clinical detached and, 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 and make, a, make a, an analysis for yourself. So the situation in Lebanon, uh, according to uh, Human Rights Watch, the United Nations, um, various reputable international organizations is as follows. 80% of the residents do not have access uh, to basic rights, including health, education, adequate standards of living, housing, electricity, The World Bank has described the situation in Lebanon as quote, a deliberate depression. Um, The Lebanese pound has lost 90% of its value since October 19th. And to add injury to insult, uh, people's ability to access basic goods, food, water, healthcare, and education, um, if they're lucky. Um, Widespread electricity blackouts lasting up to 23 hours per day. And finally, if that's not enough to, um, to, to really make you take stock of what we're talking about today. Um, 78% of the population of Lebanon at the moment, uh, according to the United Nations, is, uh, is in poverty, uh, tripled an estimated number in 2020. Uh, 36% of the population live in extreme poverty, up from 8% in 2019 and 23% in 2020. Now, to add on to that, to 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 just give you a, a little bit of background and context, Lebanon also is hosting lots of refugees from Syria, from the neighboring countries, on, on top of the uh, own internal situation that's going on. But um, it's it's an honor to be here, uh, Dr. Anthony. Your 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 context is is always so important as well. Um, uh, Sean, thank you again. Uh, maybe just a few questions from here to our. Uh, folks that are uh, on the ground, of course, Summer is the country uh, director uh, for AnIRA, uh, and she has extensive work uh, in this field uh, over 20 years. Uh, and um, summer, I, you know just three years ago, um, we in America heard a little bit that there was a big protest movement uh, for political change in Lebanon that people demanded accountability and change from, from, from their leaders. And there was a lot of optimism and hope we hear. Uh, and we still feel that sense of optimism uh, in, in Lebanon, especially among the youth, the youth balls, the youth population. But since then, you know, we've seen uh, you know, the, the Beirut port explosion. Um, for Americans that have never heard about the Beirut port explosion, um, 219 people uh, perished, 7,000 people were wounded, hundreds with permanent disabilities, and the perpetrators of the of the uh, the blast uh, at, at at the port have never really been uh, brought to, to, to justice. So, um, can can you tell us just a little bit about um, uh, what are the people's top concerns right now? What what is actually what do you hear? What do you see on the ground in, in Lebanon? And do you see reason for hope? I you know we we hear the bad stuff and and and, and the things that. To keep people awake at night, but do you see hope in all this? Is, is there hope in all this?
0: And what would be the how would you prioritize the concerns? Uh, the the, the worst, the next worst, the next worst, the next worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs>
3: okay, first, thank you so much uh, for this question. Uh, questions. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that I will try to answer. So, first of all, um, I would like to answer the question is there hope? Uh, And maybe this is uh, a subjective answer on my part. Uh, I think uh, as long as we exist, as long as we're hopeful, you know, so there's hope among uh, this. Hopeless situation, yes. Situation. yes. Uh, because I think we believe in people, you know. Uh, in Lebanon, Lebanon uh, is uh, is known for many things. It's known for its good food, its beautiful yes. landscape, but it's also known for its wonderful people. Uh, the people of Lebanon uh, have. Uh, demonstrated over centuries, their uh, strength, uh, stamina, their intelligence, their contribution to all countries of the world. And every content, uh, continent or country you go, you'll find a Lebanese who has uh, done something. Achieved, yeah. ach- Achieved something, you know? And uh, so are we hopeful? Yes, of course. Of course we're hopeful because the people of lebanon uh, are a strong strong people unfortunately we have bad uh, leaders right <laughs> and we're not very fortunate with our neighbors as well you <laughs> know so uh, so uh, within this, we're going through a very, very difficult time of, of uh, in our history. Lebanon, even during the civil war, did not uh, our economy did not uh, hurt as much. You know, this is uh, the worst we, uh, economic crisis Lebanon has ever witnessed, or any of the world has witnessed. So. Uh, we believe that, uh, will the situation improve? It needs time. It needs time. Uh, d- during the October uprising of 2019, we were very hopeful that uh, we can change the some of the political elite. It didn't happen. Uh, simply because of the imbalance of power, you know? Uh, civilians against armed uh, people is not an equal, uh, you know, uh, balance of power. Uh, so uh, we, we work at era to uh, give hope and restore hope. Uh, most of our programs in Lebanon address basic needs. So which comes to, and restoring home. So my colleagues will talk to you in a minute about some of these programs. But for us uh, to answer the question on what are the basic needs of people? uh, Everything. (laughs) uh, Basic needs, we mean- uh, Prioritize them, because we're we're Americans. We don't
6: live in this situation day to day. I don't wake up in Beirut. And I don't, I, I go to my light switch and the electricity doesn't go on.
3: Okay, or so yeah, I don't, sure, I can't sure. turn
6: on the computer or the radio or my cell phone. The service is not good. I can't charge it. What, what's life like? You know, tell okay. us. Okay. We, we don't know this.
3: Okay, so living in Lebanon means that uh, suddenly uh, you found yourself for the majority of of uh, who who don't work for international companies of, if you are a public servant or working for the local organization suddenly your uh, your salary is uh, is worth only 10%
6: of what it used to uh, be so, so what does that mean when you go to the supermarket or if you can, is there a black market? Is how do you? you know-
3: it means that if you were uh, getting, say, a thousand dollars, a worth thousand dollars a a month. Yes. Now it's worth what less than a hundred, you know. So uh, this compromises the ability of that family to to live in dignity, to afford food medicine, paying uh, rent, or the another problem is the getting electricity. Because with the blackout in Lebanon, the, the only alternative of getting energy or power is through the generators, the electrical generators that are dominated by the so-called mafia in Lebanon that belong to political parties. And with the increase of fuel prices all over the world, this has become very, very expensive. So for a, a, a here you use amperes, uh, what, yeah. you maps, know?
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. So for a 10 amperes. What? What? what, what uh,
2: voltage or?
3: Yeah, voltage, voltage a, the power amount. Power. I don't know what is it's equivalent. You, you have to pay more than a hundred dollars just to get this electricity uh, provided to you for ten hours a
6: day, not twenty-four hours. So let me let me stop so you. So right for
3: then. an average person, this is not so doable. Can, can
6: you can you say that again? So a hundred dollars it costs every day for ten hours of electricity. A, if a you're month. Lucky. Monthly. A month. A month. if, 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 so, if you're lucky
3: if you're lucky, but if you are getting, your whole salary is 100 a a month, this is equivalent only to the cost of electricity. So you cannot eat or uh, drink or get uh, medicine or uh, pay for the education of your uh, children
4: yes and this is this is exactly what's happening adding to what summers is saying uh, unfortunately the minimum uh, salary uh, wage in lebanon is not does is not enough for families to get food to pay for uh, uh, to have access to electricity uh, most of the families honestly in lebanon especially in beirut uh, they don't have electricity most of the time because they cannot afford for paying for, uh, for, uh, for for the motor or for the electricity. Yeah. So uh, by answering your question, what does this mean by not any family can go uh, to the supermarket or to the market and get uh, bread, get you know, only the basic need to just eat and drink water. It's, it's that bad. And this is—we're not even mentioning the transportation cost. That is, uh, that because we don't have public transportation, uh, so we cannot afford. And you know, most of the people—they cannot afford the uh, living, uh, living the de- uh, you know, a normal daily life. And uh, adding to this. The government does not give, or we do not have any support system and the uh, the infrastructure. We do not have public transportation. There is no alternative. So, so yes, this is what's happening.
6: (laughs) There's obviously more work for Anira in confronting the challenges uh, amidst amidst the crisis that that, that we're in. let me just turn to another, uh, Lana can, um, let's introduce, bring Lana, Lama, excuse me, uh, in here for a moment. Lama, Lama. Uh, Lama <laughs> is, is a project manager with Nira's Neera's uh, office and has led the management of uh, a community-based solid waste management program since uh, 2017. Um, Lama, the, the question for you is, you know, we, we see, we've heard in the news that Um, basic government services such as trash pickup and and garbage um, has been a struggle uh, in Lebanon uh, throughout the country. And unregulated open waste burning uh, uh, has major consequences for uh, public health, public, uh, and and of course our environment. Um, Short of a major overhaul of uh, of the waste disposal system and NGOs... (laughs) like INERA and other civil society organizations, uh, have an impact to address um, uh, this, uh, this situation? And that's one question. And then what steps um, can organizations such as ANIRA take to help transition Lebanon towards a more sustainable and green system of waste disposal to confront the environmental impacts that, uh, that waste and burning have on, on our environment? So I'll I'll ask you Lama uh, that question. Yeah. Those questions.
4: Yeah. This is a big question. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, actually, first, thank you so much for for your question. Before uh, before trying to answer your uh, your question, uh, I just want to know. I just want to say honestly, I've been working in the NGO sector for the last ten or eleven years, and it was it was always. Uh, uh, It was was always challenging. Uh, However, uh, honestly, Yane, from a personal experience, the last three years were the most challenging uh, experience and years. And I don't know, and it's so frustrating. And Dr. John has mentioned that it is frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. Uh, Because, you know, when, when I hear your question right now, and this is not something that uh, we, as uh, as, yeah, as community community members, even uh, should be thinking about these solutions for for such uh, for such problems and such uh, issues. Uh, however, uh, uh, what what we've been trying to do the last three years is trying to. Uh, um, the cover. Cover. To cover the
2: gaps,
0: uh,
4: yeah, to the to fill into the minimum gaps where we where where we can just where where we can support our communities. And when we are saying our communities, we're talking about Lebanese, we're talking about refugees, we're talking about the Palestinian, the Syrian. It's not only uh, Lebanese. So, so it is challenging. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes we are kind of frustrated because we cannot, we don't have answers for these questions and we cannot find solutions. Uh, We cannot always find solutions uh, for for the source of the the problem or the issue. So, uh, so, so this is why sometimes we feel like no, no, it, it's too much for us. However, and uh, we, as Summer mentioned, we always do our best to to look for for solutions and to find hope and everything we do, especially at Anera. Um, uh, talking about. Uh, uh, about the solid waste management uh, issue uh, in Lebanon, Uh, uh, the the challenge or the issue and the solid waste management, uh, we have a story for the solid waste management as uh, everything in Lebanon Uh, system, uh, the solid waste management system in Lebanon. Actually in 2015, uh, the garbage crisis has started uh, and uh, there was waste, all over the street and Lebanon. I don't know if you heard about it, but uh, back then the issue or the challenge was mainly because of uh, uh, because of the monopolies uh, uh, that uh, that took over that took over that trash. Uh, so. Uh, after after that, and uh, in two thousand eighteen, we have worked as uh, as organizations, local organizations, and international organizations, along with the government, to lobby for us uh, an integrate for a solid waste management system law. And in two thousand eighteen, there was a, uh, we succeeded to have an integrated solid waste management in, Le- in Lebanon, uh, and uh, the, the main purpose of it was to decentralize. Uh, to decentralize uh, the management uh, of the solid waste management. So uh, we were happy about it. Then uh, everything, uh, the economic collapse and everything uh, started to to happen in 2019 and municipalities were kind of uh, stuck because they didn't have any resources. Uh, They have limited resources and managing the solid waste management. Uh, on local level so uh, unfortunately now when we go uh, to municipalities because we have uh, worked uh, as an era in this sector for the last uh, three or four years i think uh, and we have supported more than 15 municipalities in lebanon uh, we have built capacities uh, uh, we we give our expertise and how to manage uh, uh, and how to optimize their solid waste management systems uh, However, uh, now it's it's very it's very tough and hard to say this, but uh, uh, unfortunately, because we there is a need for everything, uh, and it is a big burn on the municipalities themselves, uh, they and the donors as well. uh, There is no, uh, they 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 are not. how to yeah, they are kind of ignoring now the solid waste management system because there are other priorities right so uh, and even even for example when we go and when we talk to the mayors in the municipalities they will be I, I remember one month ago I went to one of the municipalities because we always go and uh, do assessments and do consultations to know and to to hear from them what uh, what are the needs and I remember one of the mayors was like uh, uh, okay I we really what I was asking him about the priorities and then he was like no, we really need uh, water we really need the uh, solar uh, solar panels for the wells because the households they are not, they don't have access to water and then I was asking him about the solid waste management system and unfortunately he was like no, I can walk in the street and I can just ignore or disregard the waste on the street and I was like oh my god. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but may I add uh, something, Lama, this is on a general level, but what we try to do on, in an era is uh, within this chaos and this big problem is to create a model of hope. Yes. Uh, the, the model that was uh, created is to show municipalities and communities we can't, as Lama said, solve the situation at national level, but we were able to provide hope, and this is the topic, hope that how can we, through the, this crisis, create opportunities of work and income generating to individuals and the municipalities from recycled waste. And I think this is worth uh, sharing with everybody. So uh, uh, you have thousands of uh, hundreds and or thousands of families who were recycling, uh, sorting at source, selling uh, plastic, uh, selling uh, all recyclables, and earning income. So this is a win-win situation of where we were able to show hope in a situation of darkness. Uh, Another uh, thing that we were able to do at the municipality level is that ANERA helped uh, a number of municipalities to have recycling uh, facilities where they would collect uh, garbage and uh, you know, sorted and resell uh, recyclables and use organic waste to produce fertilizers. So this is also another hope given within this crisis. So uh, while it is, you know, a big crisis, uh, hope was able to find its way through these uh, interventions.
5: And uh, Samar, if I may add, we also integrate between our programs. For Definitely. example, within our education program, we educate youth on solar panel installations. So we said, why not let these youth install solar panels on the rooftops of the solid waste management facilities so that it would be a win-win situation. So at Anera Lebanon, this is what we do. We integrate different programs so that we could leverage our... our. our uh, so, yeah. let,
6: us, let us go to... Uh... To, to you, uh, Ms. Lane yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Patrick.
0: Patrick, can we ask a subsidiary pr- question to yours? Uh, because none of us are in Lebanon. Uh, could you just walk us through what happens on a day when people put out that trash? Does someone come regularly, predictably to pick it up? Is this a government uh, vehicle, transportation? A municipal employee? Do they take it? Why do they take it? Uh, and what happens when they take it? Or do they, does it just pile up in front of one's house in the street? Can you give us a more graphic, illustri- illustrative picture of what happens with this garbage waste disposal handling channel challenge?
4: Well, well, uh, actually, uh, and honestly, it depends if there is fuel or not, <laughs> or not, uh, because uh, that co- unfortunately, the collection uh, uh, systems uh, is, uh, is currently uh, now depends on the fuel. So if I go and I put the garbage, i m- most probably it's not going to be picked up in the same day, uh, what the municipalities are trying to do right now is to uh, jump Collect. Uh, 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 is to do the collection, for example, once per week, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to 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 decrease save,
6: uh, uh, to, to save to 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 sort of save uh, reduce fuel consumption. Reduce, yeah. you know, to, to save cost.
5: So they do uh, a lesser round. So they of do the a uh, uh, Thank
0: um,
6: you, Dr. Anthony. Let's let's go to um, something that that. that that we're in the business of, and that's education. Um, you know, your educational programs that, that ANIRA offers um, are quite unique. And for most Americans, um, most Americans, including myself, prior to uh, being introduced to uh, the worldwide refugee situation, it's very hard for us to understand that, you know, in, in certain countries around the, across the world in, in the Arab region, Um, There's a a large number of refugees, people that have fled or internally displaced or or externally displaced, um, that are living there uh, in whether it's camps or communities or with family members. Um, I think uh, there's about 900,000 Syrian refugees that live uh, in Lebanon. Um, Another 300,000 on top of that, the UN says it live informally uh, among uh, family members. We have about 45 uh, percent of the 475,000 uh, UNRWA uh, refugees that are registered um, uh, live uh, in in Lebanon. Um, uh, Lean, you have been involved in this educational work. You you um, you're responsible. You oversee, uh, and there is education work in five um, regional offices, located. Uh, in these vulnerable refugee communities, um, can you, uh, for for us, sort of, how do you continue, you know, educational programs, um, vocational instruction, um, when you know so many students uh, and families are just struggling to get by, and, and jobs have become uh, rare or or scarce? Um, you know, what's the, how do you square all this? Tell us a little bit.
5: Okay, so. Um... Basically, what ANERA does, the education program speaks the language of youth. So we've been there on the ground for so many years, and now we know what they want. We know what they need. To be honest, each year we target tens and thousands, tens of thousands of of youth within our education programs, but we do maintain a one-to-one relationship with with these youth um we know their current needs we design our programs according to what these needs are we do major tweaks each year along we keep on improving ourselves we keep on knowing what do they want how can we improve what do they how can we you know respond to to their needs and to their to their wants and we do that and this is how youth get attracted into our programs. You create attractive packages. Uh, we do motivational sessions. We meet with the youth. We meet with their parents. We meet with the community members. And we work as well with local communities who as well know these youth very well. So by this, we are able to target youth into our programs and to maintain their interest in <clears throat> educational, uh, educational programs. Uh, yeah.
6: Can you? Describe a little bit the extent and nature of the educational programs that you oversee in five different um, areas for the vulnerable, particularly in the refugee community. Definitely. What's what's it like, uh, you know, day-to-day for them?
5: Okay, so as uh, you're asking about educational programs that we offer. Yes. So we have a component which is related to basic literacy and numeracy. This helps youth in um, getting better at reading, at writing, at doing math, and also at life skills. And this helps them you know, if they're walking down the street, they can tell, "Ah, this, uh, this billboard says this. oh, the, the address is, is such." Or these youth could be working youth, but you know their bosses would tell them, "Go buy us this thing," and they're like, "Ah, oh, I can't read what's on the, on the paper, but then they would be able to do that if they take our courses. The other component that we offer, which is a huge success to our youth nowadays is the technical and vocational education program. So this program gets complemented with different packages, we do not only give them pure technical and vocational education programs, but we give them career guidance, we give them employment skills, we give them life skills and positive leadership, and we give them you know apprenticeship opportunities that are paid so that they would have a genuine work simulation of what they have learned and you know hands on experience while they're on in, in the actual field and thus they would obtain an opportunity for them to uh, get a place at that uh, apprentice uh, or at that uh, small and medium enterprise or you know the the place that they have done their cash for work however i would like to say that uh, speaking of bringing hope there's something I've said at the board meeting and I would love to say it all over again. The fact that we pave the way for hope to to find its way. Paving that way um, means that we build effort in the marketplace. So when we say that there's scarcity and jobs, this is more or less not true when you go down to the field. You would actually find jobs. What is lacking is the link between those youth and the job. So what Anera does is we go there, we map, those uh, enterprises and more likely now, private sector, medium and large private sector enterprises, we find these job opportunities and we train our youth to at the end end up being at these job opportunities and we, we do not just train them and set them free.
6: So, you, you talked about technical training and, and vocational training. Yes. Um, what, can you be a little bit more specific kind of like what what are the actual programs uh that, that yeah. you're delivering on the ground for okay. for the for these people
5: okay so we provide a vast uh you know a vast uh, uh, type of of sexes. <laughs> um it could range from hospitality to construction to i.t and digital reform which is uh, and digital uh, skills which is what we are trying to focus on right now Uh, healthcare sector which had a huge gap in the system is what we currently provide technical and vocational education and and we have agriculture and agro food so these are our basic uh, sectors and we do them based on market studies which are done by the ilo the international label organization And as with Anera's efforts on the ground, we create a study and we find what are the genuine needs so that we can direct our vocational and technical educations at those. And we have different types. Some of them are short. Some of them are medium. It depends on the level of of advancement of of the course itself.
6: Jim, and and just to supplement that, it's something you all and and Sean had highlighted before. It's not just the technical training, but maybe you can expand on the practical point was they get the skill but then they need some tools physical tools to actually go to the job and if they didn't have the money actually to get that could they get started so you were also providing the actual physical
5: definitely we provide them with startup kits or graduation kits if the course requires such uh, hands-on experience so they use those while doing their practice and they can take them with them When they go uh, back to you know to the real world and work for themselves as well.
4: Yeah, we give them Mm -hmm. the tools. Actually,
6: yes. One last question for uh, Summer, and then I'll turn it over to to Sean and to uh, our wonderful moderator. Um, You know, how how many staff, women and men, you know, are required to 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 do these programs, to do the programming, to to you know to, to make these things happen on the ground. And, and what are your needs? What, what do you hope that you know that you know? What would the message be to, to to the to the Lebanese that live here in the United States, the the diaspora? What would the message be to, to you know to members of Congress that um, that uh, are on the appropriations for uh, for this kind of Funding to organizations such as such as Anira, um, you know, what is what, 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 what is? Can you sort of okay. sum it up for us?
3: Yeah. Uh, so, how many staff are there in Lebanon uh, now? It's ninety five, and we have like two hundred plus volunteers uh, on the ground, and we have offices all over Lebanon. We have offices in Akkar and Tripoli and Zahli and uh, saida and Tyre, and of course in beirut uh, so what do we need uh, we need the continuation of support to lebanon sure. lebanon during these difficult times uh, is uh, calling for support from its diaspora uh, from uh, uh, the congress <laughs> from uh, U.S. aid, you know, uh, Lebanon is in dire need for support uh, nowadays because it has fallen and we need to uh, help pick it up, help support its people uh, in all basic needs. And uh, going back to hope is also, we see as Lian and Lama have demonstrated, is that with, with support of ANERA and organizations like ANERA, we're not only f- filling basic needs, we're helping spread hope, hopefulness by, uh, uh, and using the, the crisis as opportunities to advance the message of hope. Uh, for example, ANERA during last year has pushed for renewable energy agenda. And we helped uh, install uh, renewable energy on health care centers and community care centers. This not only has helped build their sustainability and their operational ability, which is much needed, but also we're also uh, spread, uh, spreading uh, this message of hope and agenda of renewable energy that even one Hopefully, electricity is back on the grid. We will have also this green energy is is uh, is there to stay, right? Yeah, so, uh, so, uh, so for us, this
1: is very, very important.
6: Uh, maybe I can turn it over to our wonderful moderator. Um,
1: sure. Um. <laughs> so we do have a couple questions, and you might have addressed it um, already, Samir, but. Willard says hi. Willard, how are you? Um, given the broad set of challenges uh, facing the Lebanese society, a fully mobilized response is needed. Who or what are Anira's key partners in country to help address those challenges? I know you guys work in such different sectors every day that you must have like different arms of people that you work with every day. It must change. So
3: yes, yeah. uh, Yes, so we, uh, we work with uh, various local uh, civil society organizations. Uh, as in the beginning, it was uh, addressed an area works in different uh, sectors. Uh, so we work on health, uh, education, food security, energy, and community development and the relief one 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 relief efforts are needed so so uh, as a rule uh, we work with civil society organizations who are present uh, in the localities in the hard to reach communities that we we uh, target so uh, for health projects our uh, natural uh, Partner is the uh, primary healthcare centers, the dispensaries, the public hospitals, and the PRCS, quasi public hospitals available in Palestinian refugee centers, but also in vulnerable communities all over Lebanon. We are our in our education, the uh, educational centers and community centers likewise available there. So these are our partners. we partner partnered with more than 200 of these uh, local centers that are spread all over Lebanon. Okay, and it looks like
1: we have time for one final question and it's from Abbas. It says, it's a tough uh, cause to spread hope um, in a country that seems to be collapsing in itself. So how do you measure success at an era? And what kind of restrictions do you face uh, while you try to serve the people of your country? OK,
3: so an area is, is also a professional organization that measures its results. So uh, monitoring and evaluation, accountability, and learning is a big component of what we do. So we measure uh, the success through uh, measurable targets. So in education, the number of uh, not only youth who completed education, but also the impact that we're leaving. How many ha- were able to find work? How many were able to go back to school? Uh, the, uh, how many uh, were able to, uh, from our generate solid ways, to generate income out of the how uh, the tonnage and tonnage of uh, recyclable material sold or collected. So so we, we use very concrete measurable uh, results uh, to measure our results. And also this is part of accountability, reporting these results to
1: our donors and supporters. Wow. Well, I feel like I've gotten a lot of information in the last hour. Um, We want to thank everyone online for logging in and uh, viewing this conversation with us. Dr. Anthony, thank you so much uh, for giving remarks and for being a part of this. Um, And we'd also like to thank both groups of staff members from both Mikusar and from Anira. Um, If you have any questions about the state of Lebanon or if you'd like to continue the conversation, please send us an email at anira at anira.org um, and who will be happy to get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, thank you everyone for attending. Dr. Anthony, do you?
0: No, I have no uh, further remarks, but I, I see where they uh, on the chat thing. There uh, is a question from the listener or the viewership. I don't know how to uh, access them or allow them to access you. Um, can you provide guidance on that? Uh, I see that there are two for the Q&A and one on the chat. And uh, shouldn't you allow them access to put a question to anyone?
1: Oh, yes, sir. I asked those questions. I just made believe like they were my questions. They were actually questions from the chat. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, I hey, know I have no further remarks. It's uh, I've learned a lot. And um, I, I've taken notes as well. And I see that the Pasquinis are here. And I hope that they have taken good notes and that they will appear in the Washington Report on Middle East affairs. So it has thousands of readers uh, devoured, uh, it from cover to cover each issue that I, re- I received. So uh, there's that going forward uh, where people will, will benefit from what you have so superbly moderated and choreographed today.
1: Well, thank you so much, Um, everyone have a good day and we will see you next time.